on this. So last week, I made everybody break down and cry and get on their knees. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> kind of a little bit. <laughs> By the end of it, everybody was like, okay, I repent. So it was like a score. That was the whole reason I want to make you all feel like crap about everything. Get all of you laid before Jesus. But God was like taking me really into repentance because I'm like, what, what is this? Like I started like really studying it out. So I was even looking at the Vines dictionary on the, on the word repentance. Cause I'm like, how are you showing me this? Cause you're showing me it's a sifting. And so I was talking about how Satan asked to sift the apostles and Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan is asking to sift you. And, and that sifting was the taking the wheat and removing the chaff from the grain so that the grain was edible and they're removing all the other stuff that wasn't edible, wasn't good, and they did it through winds. Like they blew, and that's how they sifted. Now you could think of a sifter as like a straining pasta. You know, the water goes through, you know, there's almost it's a cleansing, it's a purifying process. And I was like, so are you saying, God, that sometimes a sifting needs to happen, it's okay when the enemy moves in and sifts us because it exposes the heart? And what does that have to do with what we're building? Too many structures have actually been built on people's resume that looks good. A lot of church structures, like a lot of ministries that get built on like what looks good, but what actually God's just really looking at where the heart is at, what the heart wants. And so I talked about King Uzziah last week because I heard King Uzziah. Didn't even know the story either, but I think I'd heard it before. So go and look at him and notice that he, he's talking about what he did, that the King Uzziah in the Old Testament hands up basically getting famous being you know god is anointing making him like famous in the kingdom he has all this stuff he gets prideful goes into the temple he lights incense that only the priests were supposed to do so it looks like it's intimate because he's lighting incense in the temple so it looks good it looks religious it looks holy but it was actually disobedience and then what happens he gets leprosy so then this week god then i hear king hezekiah i don't know why i'm getting all these Old Testament-like kings. Like, what is it, God, that you're showing me? So I started reading about the story of King Hezekiah. He was a king over Judah. And um, it's a little bit of a similar thing, but not quite the same. And I felt like God was showing me, like, in the sifting and exposing of the heart, actually, there's a response. You ever, so I got, a, I got a couple things with this. Because have you ever had people who pray for you and just pray for favor? Has anybody heard the, the Christianese, I'm praying for favor for you? I just pray the Lord's favor over you. I got a really strong opinion of God's favor. <laughs> just because you've given your life to God doesn't just mean we have favor. No. I believe favor comes from obedience. And I feel like it's, it's displayed all over the Old Testament especially. Because every time there's a king, one of these kings talked about, he talks about this king followed me wholeheartedly and he served me. And I, was, I, I blessed his kingdom. I protected him from the enemies. I did this, this, and this. And then it'll show that the king got prideful. And then they either, like, you know, they get leprosy. They're taken captive by the enemy. Something happens to them. When, when in scripture, when they talk about these, uh, these kings, if a king repented, it puts it as, like, he, he humbled himself sincerely. So there was a humbling that was sincere. What I think happens in the church is people look at repentance as I confess as if I'm going to a priest. Like people in, in Catholicism, they go to a priest because they verbalize it and say out loud, God, I, you know, I'm sorry for this, this, and this, that that's true repentance. 
When actually, one of the definitions in the vines of repentance is actual, it's not just a change of, of like um, you're repenting and releasing something. It's a change of mind and heart. So it aligns with the renewed mind. So when the repentance happens, you ever heard people repent? It means they turn away. They change direction, but it's not a false direction. It's not a display of going into a temple and, and burning an incense before God and looking religious. It's an actual change of mind because the heart is aligned. And so when I was looking at like what Hezekiah, he had, a, he had a similar thing. He was blessed. They say he tore down all the astropoles. He tore down all the idols in the temples. He was saying, this is a people that serves the God. Because what kept happening was the enemy of idolatry kept coming in. And if we think that it just means a golden calf, we are off because those idols gave a power to the people. There was a reason they were led to the idols. It wasn't a fake thing that they sat in a corner and looked at a gold calf. No, these were demonic idols that released the power for these people, that drew them into it. The heart lusted after it. Like God literally talks about the church and the Israel turning away from him as an, and like an adulterous woman. In Ezekiel 23, he says it as a woman's breast getting fondled. Like that's crazy. That is how God talks about the church in, in, in Israel turning away from him. A chick getting fondled. Like, come on. He looks at us in intimacy. He looks at us as a people that are intimate. When we look at it as religion and we look at it as like a display that I'm not a hooker. <laughs> he calls them prostitutes. He calls, them, he calls, he's calling Israel a prostitute. That she's, she was an, like she, she was an, she was adulterous. And that, that's just such an intimate thing. If your spouse is adulterous, like, and it's so crazy that we put God on this thing that if we get before him and we repent, we're all good. And if he looks at you as you are literally cheating on him, if your heart is turned to an idol of anything above him that gives a power, it releases a good thing in the heart. It releases a good thing in the soul. That's what the idols did. They had a power. I mean, because if you look at like the, the Greek mythology and the actual gods, even, you know, well, Apollo or whatever, he had healing. He had truth. What do you think any witchcraft, what Reiki is, what the things are that people are doing, that muscle testing, they're, they're, they're found in false religions of these beliefs that release healing, release power. And that's literally what's happening is like the world has shifted. The idolatry is gotten in the church. It's gotten in the church. It's gotten in people who are saying we follow God. We follow Christ. We represent holiness. But yet our hearts, our hearts are unsubmitted. They are, they are aligned with an idolatry that is so hard to find that when the sifting comes, it exposes it. This is so interesting. So Hezekiah, at one point, he has like two, two, two things I want to talk. I want to read this scripture right now. Second Chronicles 30. So he actually prays. Now here's, a, here's an example of the favor of God. Somebody who was... Touched and called by God because he gave his life, completely laid it down in removing all the idols in the nation before God. So they ha they're, having, they're having Passover. There were like leaders showing up that had not yet purified themselves. So they hadn't yet purified themselves. They said the Levites went and they basically sacrificed an animal for some of those people. To, to purify them before taking Passover, but some of them were not purified. So under the law, they should not have been able to partake in, in the Passover. But King Hezekiah 
prayed for them and they were allowed to eat the Passover meal anyway, even though this was contrary to the requirements of the law. For Hezekiah said, may the Lord who is good pardon those who decide to follow the Lord and the God of their ancestors, even though they are not properly cleansed for the ceremony. This was the law. This was like everything. You had to follow this. People, this is where there were issues where God would say at other times that they weren't holy, they weren't good, they'd be, they, they weren't like they weren't full, like wholeheartedly following him if they broke the law. Yet this king, because his heart was aligned with God, could pray for other people to do something that was not allowed. And God allowed it, the prayer Hezekiah had. Oh, the power of prayer in a pure alignment with no idols of the heart. When you talk to God that way, the intimacy of the wife that is not getting her boobs fondled by another man. <laughs> I think I just like that I get to use that analogy because it's in scripture. <laughs> because that's how it's talked about, to that intimacy. That that's how God says. Oh, the power of that type of prayer where there isn't anything else on the side. There isn't any idol. And then it goes on, it, it keeps talking about, um, <laughs> some of the stuff come out of my mouth crazy. Am I like one of the most offensive speakers? Sometimes I wonder, was that that bad? <laughs> Can I do that in a room of a hundred people or no? <laughs> do I need to change that, that analogy? Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think it's funny. Okay. Um, Okay, so all he did in the service of the temple of God and all his efforts to follow God's laws and commands, Hezekiah sought his God wholeheartedly. As a result, he was very successful. Then it talks about later on. So, then at one point he gets prideful, okay? So it talks about him, that he gets prideful, and basically God heals him of something, of a, de of a death, uh, like a deadly illness. He gets, he doesn't see, he doesn't, it says, Hezekiah did not respond appropriately to the kindness shown to him. He became proud. So the Lord's anger came against him, Judah, and Israel. And it says, then Hezekiah humbled himself. He repented for his pride. <clears throat> when he did this, so the, the Lord's anger did not fall on Hezekiah during that lifetime because of this. Then he talks about, and then he says he became very wealthy. He was highly honored. Um, we have to understand that I've always preached that, like, you know, the crushing and the blessings are in the spirit. But you know what? There is a favor in the natural from Jesus. There is a favor because these guys were wealthy. And I am not the prosperity message, ma'am, but there's some truth in this stuff. There's some truth. But it doesn't mean just because somebody is wealthy that that means that they, their heart's aligned. A lot of people get wealth from the devil. So um, then it goes on and he says, he goes, uh, he says, God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was in his heart. So there was a time that God decides to withdraw. Do you think that God didn't know what was in his heart? Or do you think that he wanted Hezekiah to know what was in his heart? There's times in our lives that there's going to be things that happen. And it's not because God doesn't know what's already deep inside of you. It's because God wants you to know. He wants us to know. And I've never in my life gone through such a refining season of it as I did for like a year and a half to two years in the last few years as to exposing what was in my heart. Like one of the biggest siftings I have ever experienced in my life. Now I don't believe that God was trying to expose that I had evil intentions. 
Because some of it, God wants to expose the evil intentions of the wolves in sheep's clothing that is out there right now in the church and around, and it's going to get exposed. But I actually see it as with people, it's exposing fears. It's exposing mindsets of God. It's exposing the way we believe, the way we see him, the things that we place above him. And what God exposed through the sifting that I went through was the crazy deep-rooted fears I had of him. The deep-rooted fears of expectations of what I actually believed him to be and who I actually saw him. And it would not have gotten exposed if I didn't go through a crazy shaking, a crazy sifting. It absolutely exposed my heart. Now, Kayla giving that example when she couldn't move her body was the time it forced her to get still with God. Man, if we don't get open to how God causes stillness, how God causes this time to where it gets you to look at what's in there, to look at what's going on in the heart. And then I was like, so what does this have to do with you bringing people here and what we're doing? And I believe that there's a, there's a testing of a desire for him, a testing of the faithfulness for him. Because a lot of churches and a lot of ministries get focused on the, the, the money, the people, the numbers, the followers on social media, the fame. Like this whole like, and then handing somebody sugar, this, with this show, this big show. We gotta, you know, we have our whole message for the next something months. We're gonna do movie in the park of Jesus. You know, they come up with this whole like, you know what I'm saying? Like this, because we gotta give it sugary, make sure all the churches are in their city so they don't have to drive anywhere. We make sure it's displayed everywhere because we gotta give it to it sugar. Man, I worked my freaking butt off to know God. <laughs> I ran for him. I drive, drive all over the place. I don't get it done just perfectly handed to me. How bad do we want what he has? How bad? I mean, it's like some days I think we're so happy and content that this works out well. But when it doesn't work out well, you're going to wonder where the heart has been at. Because when things aren't okay, that's when people run. That's when people are desperate. That's when churches will fill up. When crap hits the fan, <laughs> and it's starting to, it's starting to. If we don't understand what's really going on in the world today, man, something's moving, something's shaking, and it's either that the church is going to fill up with desperate people, or it's going to blow up because of fame, and it's going to have no foundation when Jesus comes. It's like this is what's happening in the spirit, and if God's saying, I'm, I'm doing a sifting of the faithfulness of structure to have a structure that's purely me, that people gather to just know Jesus. We don't need a show. We don't come with sugar. We don't like patty cake the gospel. A lot of people couldn't even receive what I say because I would make them so uncomfortable with their Sunday morning message. Of like, what's going to make some feel good? It's so true. I mean, you guys know I'm right. <laughs> It'd be like, she's so offensive. Like, that didn't, I don't, you know. Like, a, a message of repentance is so much power when the heart gets real because the true alignment of the spirit of really knowing truth and that true peace, the true joy, the, the true hope, it comes in that alignment. And when we got stuff in the way, when we have idols in the heart, we have things that are in the way of it. We can't tap into what is offered to us that is for us as his body, as his church. And these things that come in the way, they got to get exposed. Like we got to put it out there. And I was like, and God has even called me, what, are, what, what is anything that you have in expectation? Do you look at numbers? Do you care how many people show up? Do you get value? 
from how many people do this, this, and this, how many people we find our value in all these different ways, and we're so distracted by what we have to do. God, it was such the person that needed to be going 24-7 because my mind drove me nuts to not be moving. Because if I wasn't moving, then I had to sit with my own stuff. So many people, you're taken over by just busyness of life that you actually don't even really know what's in your heart. And you wouldn't know what's in your heart until you got tested. And that comes when things get pulled out from under you. Things don't make sense. Stuff isn't okay. And then we go and we have to face the mirror. We got to look at ourselves. And so I just know that, like, I just was like, well, what is that? Have to, so when are you going to bring people back? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've been okay with it. <laughs> but like, when are the when are the things gonna get normal? Like, when will we get you know have like a more regularity, more regular worship, and more of the things making making sense? And and what is this? And and if he, if we're calling, if we're being called to like do a new thing for God, then it's not gonna look normal, and it's not gonna look regular. It's gonna be built in pure purely Him. And I just, I just know that like what God's bringing here and the message to go out of this space is much bigger, more massive than we have any idea. And the people that gather here and come here, like, I believe that this is like going to be known one day what God is birthing here, the power and what he's doing here. I just know it. And I know that it is to be in response to only him and nothing else. And the people that it would bring and the people that would want to be a part of it, the people that would want to hear the message is going to be a message of purity and of knowing him in purity. And that's to go out. And so I know that God was telling me, I want you to speak as if this is a message out in honor of me, that my angels sit as people listening to know that there's complete purity in everything that is done to bring the hearts and minds aligned with me. In that, in, that, in that place of repentance, and here's all that I say, because I know that this is a, the, these last two weeks is a very convicting message on purpose that the Holy Spirit is doing because there are things that people want from God and they ask from God. And like I was talking about that scripture last week in Ezekiel, that he, God tells Ezekiel, these, these leaders are coming to you and they're going to ask the prophet to hear God's voice, but they all have idols in their heart and they're wanting to hear my voice. And I'm basically, I'm going to speak to them through their idolatry. There's a lot of people that come to things for God to want to know his voice, to hear from him, to experience him. But I just know that the Holy Spirit, he wants to let you see first anything that would be in the way from you getting to experience him, from you getting to know him. Not because he wants to hurt and expose, but he wants us to know him in a pure form. He wants us to know him as, as children, not a adulterous fondled woman, <laughs> a, pure, a pure form of intimacy, a pure form of love. And that's what I feel like the Holy Spirit's on. And um, I'm going to pray. <laughs>